Yes, in your life counts, and enthusiasm definitely makes a difference. Hello and welcome. You're live on the Sudden Eye Impact Show with your host, Lee, coming to you from the DFW Metroplex. On the Sudden Eye Impact Show, we have fun together, we learn together, and we encourage one another. On the Sudden Eye Impact Show, we discuss a variety of topics such as, but not limited to, 100% responsibility, accountability, accountability partners, mentorship, being of service, entrepreneurship, relationship, communication, decision-making, self-concept, the subconscious mind, imagination, the power of thought, the power of belief, the power of expectation, belief systems, attitude, mindset mastery, consciousness, awareness, becoming the observer, the power of words, focus mastery, the power of partnership, creativity, visualization, innovation, the power of partnership, visionary leadership, economic empowerment, personal finance, goal setting, goal attainment, strategy, personal success, and paradigms. On our show, the Sudden Eye Impact Show, we share concepts, principles, processes, and systems that work when you work them that deliver good and great results. Our show's vision, mission, purpose, and intention is to discuss and deliver simple, basic, fundamental ways to help everyday people experience more fulfillment, satisfaction, enrichment, enjoyment, health, mental health awareness, and overall peace through utilizing our own brilliant mind and the latent resources that lie dormant within us. The Sudden Eye Impact Show is spiritual, inspirational, and motivational, expressing energetic, electrifying, and powerful transformational content that anyone can learn and apply in any area of their life to change their life for the better and continue to work to change their life for the best. Today we have two special distinguished guests. We have Mr. Bennett Gill and Tanea Amar. They are both avid studiers and students of Neville Goddard, so we're in for a special treat. Hello, Bennett and Tanea, thank y'all for coming. Hey there, thank you for inviting us. Glad that you Hi, guys thank you for having us. Yeah, we're going to have a good show. Uh, you guys have uh, some powerful uh, lessons, so we're going to get started right off with uh, Bennett. Bennett, talk to the audience. Uh, teach us about uh, the Remember When technique. Oh, yeah. It's one of my most favorite techniques, actually. So what you tend to do is uh, just a way in regular life, you tend to remember certain portions of your life all of a sudden. And uh, you tend to think about your desire as now and your current situation as past. So you make your current reality being uh, drenched in, in the reality of your desire. So you enter that state. And at the same time, you think of, of the current reality or the problem as past. This way, your mindset, mindset completely shifts from the problem to the solution, from your current situation to the desired situation. So what you tend to do is you can simply say this, oh, I remember when I was broke. If you, if you're, if you want money in your life, you can, you can feel this real. Um, just words don't have power, but words always invoke feelings in you. This feeling that I'm talk talking about is more than just emotions. It's, it's that you feel the meaning of that word, of that word in a sentence, right? So if I use a sentence, it would, it would make sense to you because you understand those words. In the same way, when you, when you speak these words that I remember when, it's going to bring about the present reality as a memory in your mind. Instead of a problem, it would be a memory. And if, if there's a problem in your memory, like if, if you are looking back in time and if you find a problem somewhere back 10 years or 15 years back, you don't look at it at the same way, right? 
it's, you have completely shifted from there, and now you look at it as something from the past. So you tell yourself, I remember when I was broke, but now look at myself. My I'm I'm doing so much better. I eat better food. I shop at better places. I wear better clothes. I have a better job. I have a better business or whatever state you want to experience. So you so you shift your mindset from the problem to the solution. This is this is something that we do uh, pretty much all the time. Like for example, uh, if I want to manifest, uh, let's say lottery. And I tell myself uh, that I want to win the lottery. When you want something, you are away from it. You desire it because you don't have it. But you know, you know this, that the moment you have desire, you all the means necessary for fulfilling that desire, they'll come to you if you have already assumed it to be true. But the moment, but if you instead, if you go about it and think that it is a desire, it might happen, it might not happen, should I go for it? What would anyone else say? Then you're just not unboxing that desire, which is just waiting right in front of you. You'd rather put it somewhere away in time or perhaps space, that if I go there, then I might have, or in, it might happen in some time. But anything that you desire is now, is here, right now. And except for now, you will never get to experience anything else. So why not make your desire from future to now, why don't why don't we move that from future to now, and why don't we move the present problems or issues or or the craving of that desire from present to past, where it belongs, right? We we are moving forward in our life, so we should also leave all the things that we we don't have or we crave for in the past, and instead we feel those things into our life and bring them into our life, and then enjoy those desires. That's pretty much the gist of I Remember When. Nicely stated. Ms. Tanea, walk us through Hi. if you are going to manifest your dream home. Take us step by step what you would do. Manifest my dream home? Yes, if you were going to manifest your dream home or teach the audience how to manifest their dream home or a home. Sure. Um if you know how the house looks like, um, it, it's always a great idea to experience it in the, in, the, in the physical world with your senses. So maybe take a tour of the house and uh, get a clear picture of how you would, you know, go about setting up the furniture and what rooms you would be occupying, uh, things like that. And then every night as you fall asleep, imagine yourself falling asleep in this new house. So really get the feeling of... Um, you know, how it would feel if you were actually physically sleeping in this house. So um, it's always good to get a, go get a tour, but if you can, know that you can still manifest exactly what you have pictured in your mind. So um, you could create a scene of yourself maybe sitting uh, by the fireplace um, sipping coffee um, and I love to include the element of coffee in my in my scenes because it really helps to make the scene as real as possible. So when you imagine, you can smell, taste, uh, feel the warmth of the coffee, even though the coffee isn't there in front of you physically. And that's actually using your spiritual senses, right? Um, so I like to use uh, a coffee in my imaginal scenes because that way I'm able to 
use my sense of touch. I'm able to touch the mug and feel the warmth of the mug. I know how my mug feels like, so there's a sense of familiarity there. Um, I can taste the coffee. I can smell it. And I'm doing all of this in this setting, which is by the fireplace of my new house. In the back of my mind, I just know. I have this knowing, the silent knowing that I don't even need to put into words that I am in my new house, right? And, and, and I have the sense of relief. And I love going for the sense of relief because it's a feeling that implies that you've, you've received your desires, that everything has been done, and that you're now relaxing, you're enjoying your desires. And it's a, it's a positive feeling that actually doesn't require a lot of energy if you think about it because a lot of people, what they do is they try to go for the feeling of excitement that they would have the day they move into the house, right? Or the feeling of excitement that they would have the day they find the papers and stuff like that. That feeling can be hard to conjure up on the fly. I mean, if I were to say, to go out on a walk and imagine how it would be like to manifest this house, if I were to always go for this feeling of excitement, I may not always have that kind of energy to do that. And so the feeling of relief is my favorite because it implies that I have been living in this house for some time now. Um, things have been going very smoothly. I'm loving it. I'm enjoying it. And now I'm just relaxing. You know, the excitement fades over time anyway. And so I try to go for that feeling. So I will try to bring this feeling of relief uh, in me whenever I can, whether I'm doing the dishes or just out and about on a walk or something. Or while I'm going to sleep, I, like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll feel like I'm, I'll, I'll go I go to bed in the assumption that I am sleeping in my new house. Um, and, and like I said, you don't always need to, uh, you don't always need to have physically seen the house. Uh, you can do it with anything. I have read testimonials of people who did not have any idea how their house looked like. I am an example of that. I wanted to move into this apartment uh, building because I was manifesting a job in this particular location and I always knew that when I moved here I would move into this building but I did not know how this building was structured I had no idea what it looked like all I knew was whatever I'd seen from the street um, and I used that knowledge that I had to my advantage I just I just had this vision it's I mean I'll call it a vision because I didn't construct it from scratch I just imagined myself sitting in the balcony of this apartment building looking at the, the same street that I used to see the building from um, and I liked what I saw, and I stuck to that. But like I said, I like to include the coffee mug. So I, I just imagined myself sipping on my coffee sitting in this balcony. And uh, a bridge of incidents unfolded, as Neville Goddard puts it, a series of events unfolded that actually led to the manifestation of this very apartment building that I'm actually sitting in and talking to you right now, which has the exact same balcony view that I always wanted. And I had no idea how this house looked like, felt like from the inside. And so... I've done it even though I had no idea physically what this thing was like. So you can do it regardless. Um, so, yeah, that would be my way of going about manifesting a house. Wow. Bennett, um, there's a thing, uh, I forgot which book it's in, with Neville where he, he does the thing with the rose. Would you like to share that demonstration with us? Uh, I'm sorry, can you repeat? Uh, was it with the rose? Yeah, the rose. Uh, the ro I'm sorry, I'm actually not able to hear you properly. I'm sorry about that. Okay, so so tell us how you would, if you needed to manifest five thousand dollars, how would you mm -hmm. do it, Bennett? 
teach the audience how you would do it. Sure. Money is a topic that uh, most of the people are afraid talking about when it comes to manifesting because everybody finds it difficult because they look at the whole world from the perspective of money and the power of money and how money can be manifested. Usually, I personally do not tend to manifest money directly because money is a source that can buy you something or get you something. So I tend to focus on getting that thing. So even if somebody gifts me that thing or I come across somebody who, who just uh, is discarding that or not, not wanting to have it anymore or just wants somebody else to have it, you can get it for free as well. But at the same time, manifesting money is also possible. It's not that you just can't manifest a sum of money because there, there are people who have won lotteries uh, of the exact amount that they decided. There are like, I think, three or four major examples of U.S. lottery, uh, I think Powerball, somebody won 800 and um, something around $800, $800 million, I'm sorry. And uh, they were using Neville's techniques, and they posted on their page right away that they have that feeling that they have won, and they did win it. Wow. You see, money is, money is, is something that flows. You cannot trap anything, you cannot hold on to anything, and you cannot uh, sit on anything in this world because you change states and things uh, flow in and out of your life. So as easily money flows into your life, let it flow outside as well because it's, it's a blessing in itself. It helps you buy stuff. So first of all, we all have a lot of beliefs regarding money in our mind. It's, and I would not recommend like you go about just finding those beliefs and getting rid of them. Instead, we move to a place where we feel more fulfilled, more successful, and instead of just f feeling financially secure, you feel financially perhaps something like adventurous. You feel financially abundant, right? When you when you feel abundant, you do not stop the flow. You let it flow, right? When you, when something is flowing in abundance in your life, you let it come abundantly and you let it go abundantly because you do not stop that energy. It's, it's just flowing. It will always flow. It's letting you buy something. It's letting someone else buy something. One of the best examples uh, of manifesting, I would say, uh, money and wealth and success, everything at the same time, is uh, Victor Goddard, who is Neville Goddard's uh, brother. And Victor Goddard was actually working in a grocery store that his dad owned, and he was he used to walk uh, past this building every day, and he used to watch this marquee, and he would imagine his name... And his family name, that is Goddard and Sons, instead of the instead of the name that was already mentioned there, and we would feel it real every day. That it's it's there, it's already there. And one day when he was walking past there, he came across a gentleman who offered to buy it for him, as he was quite wealthy. And he insisted, if I get involved in this, the price is going to get jacked up, and this money is not helping me in any ways. So why not put it to use through you? And, uh, and he, he knew them, not directly, but indirectly he used to visit uh, their store and he used to live in the same uh, same area and he used to uh, come across there and he, he, he knew these guys. But that's just one of the ways that it came true for them. And that uh, Victor Goddard, he actually himself and his father, they, they had this vision and their vision actually uplifted economy of the whole country, the country of Barbados. And their organization still exists and is making about $500 million every year in revenue. And wow. Yeah, don't just go for 
money, go for wealth, go for prosperity, go for feeling fulfilled, go for feeling uh, successful. So you see, in in just one thing, he manifested a lot of things together. Anything is possible in this world, and it's not just about it's not just about money. It's it's about realizing who you are, and and things flow from there. Um, if if you can give me two minutes, I would like to explain something in my own manner. Like I learned it from Absolutely. Neville, but then Absolutely. sure, we have plenty of time. Yeah, that's why I brought. I it had on. my own wonderful. Thank you very much. Actually, I had my own wonderful experience uh, back in 2019. I was sitting in the garden of my building, and uh, sitting there, I was just, I just closed my eyes. I was not planning on meditating or anything. And in that particular moment, I was having a very, very blank mind, and I, I was just sitting there with eyes closed. And all of a sudden, I lost the sense of myself, and it felt like I am being taken somewhere, by not, a, by not, not by force, and but I just felt like I'm going somewhere. And I didn't go anywhere, but I actually felt everything within me. I was in a blank space, and I felt like I expe- I'm experiencing the whole eternity. I'm experiencing, I'm experiencing time, and I'm experiencing space at the same time, and all of it all together. And the moment I came out of it, I actually, uh, the first thing that came out of my mouth was, I'm in love with eternity. And... What I experienced there, I experienced my own awareness and I experienced everything and I experienced the absolute. So I want to explain this absolute and relative. We do not know who we are. And so we need relative points in our world to understand who we are. So that's why we call our family and friends as, uh, family and friends as relatives, because we find our position, our space or our identity based on their identity. And this is true for everything. Like my job is my identity. I enter a state. Uh, my job would make, make me enter a state. I might not be uh, happy entering that, but I would be entering the state. And it's, it's, it's relative. Whatever is relative is not going to stay. So if any of these elements are gone from your life, you would feel lost. So it is amazing just to know who you are. You are not relative, you're absolute. But at the same time, we use this this relativity to manifest things. Like Tanea very well mentioned how you can manifest a a house or a home. when When you are lying down on the bed tonight, you can actually sleep in the house of your choice. When you when you have your eyes closed, when you're dozing off, at that time you can feel that you are in the house that you want to buy or want to have. You might know the uh, blueprint of the house, so you can feel that if I get up from here, maybe I'll put down my feet on mat or floor, you can feel that, and you can feel that if I walk a few steps from here, I have my, uh, my door, my washroom, my master bedroom, my living room. You can start putting stuff in the living room, and you can experience your whole life from there. You enter that state and you live from that state. And that state manifests itself in your life. So it's not about things that you manifest. It's about the state that brings about those things. State is like a garment. When you were born, you entered a state. So the absolute becomes aware 
of itself and then awareness becomes aware of being something and you are that being you also experiences experience so many states i am a successful businessman is a state i am a miserable student is a state all of these things are different states and thoughts emotions feelings desires all of these things emerge from different states that you possess as you change states your thoughts will change but at the same time if you change your thoughts you will change your state and that is what most of these uh, law of attraction teachers talk about the thought frequency the thoughts emotions feelings all of these these are emerging from the state that you have entered and you wear a state as a garment you do not wear one garment for life you change garments garments wear uh, have wear and tear you change them in the same way you don't stick to one state once you master the art of changing states you would see that there is no death you just change states and you never you never you would never alive here rather you are alive when you are absolute the whole creation is finished there is nothing that you can add or subtract just the way science says you cannot create or destroy energy the same way the whole creation is finished you cannot add or subtract anything from that there is a possibility where you are the richest person in the world and there is a possibility where you are you are completely broke they both exist which one do would you like to become aware of and you do not get what you want you always get who you are and how would you ever know who you are how would you know which state you are in you can look you can notice your reactions to life you can simply notice how you react to certain things like if a bill pops up and you react in a certain way you you feel anxiety you feel worried you would know that i'm in a state i'm in a, in a state where i'm broke like i'm in a relatively uh, broke state and i'm not feeling wealthy i'm not feeling i'm not feeling the the money i'm not feeling the the reality that i desire and then once you notice it you do not have to judge yourself that i did wrong or i did right you immediately shift the state you can do this by changing your thoughts you have your thoughts running on autopilot every day every moment and you have like huge chain of thoughts and each thought emerges from so many different states so we change so many different states all the time so if we if you look at our thoughts if you notice our thoughts even they will tell us which state we are in and usually there is a default dwelling state from which everything emerges when we are alive you can change this default dwelling state as well whenever you change your state you generally tend to fall back into the default dwelling state and once you get used to a state it becomes a default dwelling state so you do not have to stick to your to to the way of uh, your life is right now to the way your circumstances are right now you don't have to conform to them they do conform to people they do conform to people and people are actually you know what um imagination is such an underrated thing imagination when people talk about imagination they think about fantasizing or daydreaming but the difference between daydreaming fantasizing and imagination pure imagination is that in imagination you do things in first person when you daydream when you fantasize you can still manifest but it's, it's definitely not going to be half as effective as when you do it in first person 
the intensity of your imagination decides the fact of your life and not the facts of the outside world because the outside world is being dictated by one mind because everything is happening in one mind that's why when i have an idea someone else across the planet will have the same idea when i think about something maybe my parents they might just call me we are all just one mind we are experiencing we are all eternal dreamers dreaming non eternal dreams as william blake said um i think that would be about it um thank you very much dwight nicely stated you're live on the sudden eye impact show today's show is titled the law and the promise we have bennett gill and tanea amar tanea um i wanted to ask you a question um have you studied any of jb ryan's book, uh work uh no i don't think so yeah he's uh, uh he did a lot of uh tests and stuff at uh duke you need to really check him out he's done a lot of experiments i think like in the 50s and 60s on belief he's he's a bad dude but what i wanted you to ask you about is also the next question uh some people have a lot of issues with like visualization and then like dwelling in the state fulfilled can you um simplify that and explain to the audience um a simple but um impactful way to do that so how to visualize and stay in the state in simple words well like uh help us with visualization cuz i'm hearing that some people cannot visualize i don't know why that is but that's what i heard mm-hmm. that's one question and then teach us how to dwell in the wish fulfilled right um for people who have trouble visualizing they can use the uh inner hearing technique um where you hear with your inner ears or your spiritual uh ears what you would like to hear if your desire were to be achieved realized in the physical world um for example if uh, you desire promotion at your office you could hear your friends and your family um congratulating you you know how they sound like so you could imagine them speaking to you live or or on the phone um and you know those two those two voices are very distinct when it's an electronic voice versus a real voice um so decide how you would like to hear them and then actually hear them with your inner ears so a lot of people who have trouble visualizing actually are pretty good at this uh, other sense uh, usually um but if you do still want to visualize um i would say try, start small you know like uh, just close your eyes and start with something that really triggers your senses for example imagine a, a lemon and imagine cutting the lemon and then taking a bite right immediately like you you feel the sourness and and your mouth salivates it's because you are imagining right even though you may say that you know your visualization skills aren't up to par but when you imagine yourself like really see yourself with your spiritual eyes biting into that lemon and feel it with your with your mouth um you are going to experience these things in the physical world and if you think about it it's not just about visualizing in this case it's also about using your sense of taste your sense of touch so i like to incorporate all my senses into my scene 
And in doing that, I end up realizing and I end up understanding myself more. I, I end up understanding which sense of mine is the strongest. And, you know, visualization may not actually work for every scene. For example, for this lemon uh, theme, your sense of taste is what matters more rather than actually looking at the lemon. Tasting the lemon would be a better uh, technique to go for. Um, similarly, for other things, if you know, hearing the thing would be a better technique or touching it. And I think Neville talks about touching, using the sense of touch. Um, and I think according to him, it was one of the strongest senses that we have where you, you incorporate the sense of touch in your, in your uh, imaginal scene. So even if everything appears to be a blur when, when you're imagining, if you can bring in touch in some uh, shape or form, like, maybe feeling the texture of the thing that you want to manifest. Um, like, I think you were asking uh, for the example of the rose, right? The flower. Um, yeah. I mean, just, just, just imagine a rose in front of you. And even if you're not able to completely imagine it, even if the rose appears to be a blur, you can go for the sense of smell. You can smell the rose. You don't need to see the rose to be able to smell it, right? So smell it. Feel the soft, velvety petals. I, I use this uh, technique, actually. Um, I, I personally love to just manifest for fun, um, not just for my serious, very serious desires and ambitions, but also for fun. So one of the things that I like to do is manifest pennies when I'm out and about. Um, so I'll, I'll find pennies and dimes and nickels all the time. And um, I, I remember when I, was, uh, when I first started doing this, I was manifesting a lot of pennies and I, uh, was, I, I think I was out, uh, I was, I was out getting, uh, on a walk to get my coffee and I was on the phone with my mom and I was sending her all these pictures, uh, these pennies and she was very excited, obviously. And she was like, next time go for dollar bills, you know? Um, and I was actually thinking the same thing. I was like, you know, I should try, I should up my game a little bit. And so I just, uh, on the fly, like, I remember, getting my coffee back home, I was entering my room and on the fly, I just, I don't even, I don't think I even closed my eyes. I just imagine holding a $10 bill in my hands between my fingers. And let me tell you, I don't know the exact details of what a $10 bill looks like. I have no idea. I just remember seeing a greenish paper in my hand with the numbers 10 written on it. And I remember in that moment, the feeling of touch was predominant. Like I could feel the, the, the bill between my fingers. And it was for very few seconds. Like, I don't think it lasted for more than three seconds, that scene. And I was actually entering my room. I was walking. I was, I hadn't even sat down. And that's it. That's all I did. And I wasn't very attached to it because it wasn't very important in my life. Um, and then the next day I, uh, I got done with work. We were all working from home because it was COVID. So I stepped out of my house and uh, as soon as I stepped out, the first thing I saw was a penny. And so I, I took a picture of it because I like documenting my manifestations, especially a fun one. So I took a picture of it. And I think I just walked for maybe like six or seven minutes after picking up that penny that my eyes fell upon something a couple feet ahead of me. And I, I was, I, I actually freaked out because I, I, I knew what I was seeing. And I walked over to it and there was, it was a dollar bill. I don't know. I didn't know uh, right in that moment, what the amount was. Um, but I was expecting it, it to be $10, right? Because that's what I'd imagine. And so it was lying there, neatly folded, very clean. And I picked it up and I unfolded it. And it was a $20 bill. It wasn't even 10 It was double of what I had imagined. 
And I was blown away for sure because I was, I was just getting into the teachings of Neville Goddard at uh, that time. Even though I've known about the law of attraction and manifesting for over 10 years now, but Neville was, uh, I, I just run into his teachings. Um, and so I, I really freaked out in that moment. But then I also learned a very important lesson. And that was, um, you know, you don't really need to see everything clearly in your mind. Uh, because I, I, I don't know how a $10 bill looks like, even now, even after the manifestation. Um, and I got a $20 bill. Um, and I just remember feeling that, that bill between my fingers. Um, and I remember feeling the texture. Uh, so yeah, you, you can use any of your senses to manifest. If you can't see it, it's okay. Try to make everything else as real as possible. What would you hear in that moment? What would you be smelling in that moment? If, if you're eating something, what would you be tasting? For example, if you want to meet a celebrity, you have a celebrity crush or something and you want to meet them, imagine going for lunch, you know, and eating your favorite food. Um, how would that food taste like? Like, really, just imagine tasting that dish with your favorite celebrity sitting right across the table from you. Um, you can play around with this as much as you can. You really don't need to be seeing everything clearly for this to happen. I've manifested so many things uh, where my scenes were a blur. So, um, yeah, just, just play around with it. Figure out what, what your other strong senses are and just try to incorporate them as much as possible. Get creative. Nicely stated. You're live on the Sudden Eye Impact show. Today's show is titled The Law and the Promise. We're coming back to Bennett. Bennett, talk to us some more mm -hmm. about state. Talk to us more about states. Like if I was traveling from North Carolina to Texas, you know, I'd pass through, I guess, Georgia, uh, Louisiana, into Texas. And even though I went through those states, you know, all the states that you pass through coming from North Carolina to Texas still exist. So talk to us more about states. I honestly love talking more and more about states. The reason being, uh, it tells you that you're not a state. Imagination fuses with a state, and then that state manifests in our world. State is, the, is, is like a garment that we wear on, you can say, on our soul, and that we call body. The body in itself is not permanent. The garment is not permanent. None of these things are permanent. We only pass through them. And what passes through them? Everything happens in the imagination itself. Every state comes with its own components and everything ready for manifestation. We just have to give life to that state, become aware of that state, to bring it about into our reality. So if I'm passing through any state and if I have felt it real, I know that it's going to make manifest in this world that where I live, in this 3D reality that I experience and call life. And I would want to experience as many different varied states as I can, because at the end of the day, towards the end of the life, how varied experiences did I have would make me, personally, me happy. How many varied experiences I have and how much how much did I gain from them? How much fun I had? Life is about having fun. And just know this, that 
every when you were born you were born with everything that you need to make manifest anything that you like in this world it's like if anyone can do it you can do it and if anyone can do it you can always do it better so if you see any manifestation in this world that you feel you could have done you you should know this you can always do it better there are things in this world invented that at one time were not even in not even part of our imagination we didn't even think about it but everything that you see that is manifested in this world everything was once in imagination and thought by someone even if the same person did not actually create it as i said we are one mind and we are experiencing all of this as one mind there are so many states there are unnumbered states and you can choose by yourself which state do you want to experience you have 100% free will to choose any any state that you want to experience given you don't sell your dreams to the dictates of your senses the senses will tell you so many things every day but it's like it's a delayed transmission on senses and it's real time in your in your in your imagination what you experience in your imagination is the same thing that you will experience in your reality now how it will play out depends upon your own concept your concept is everything that you believe to be true is your concept about yourself and you can change your concept as well by changing your mental diet or by entering a new state you can change your mental diet mental diet is simply noticing your noticing your thoughts at any given time at any given point because whenever i give myself anything to think about it just i have one thought and then i have second and third and it just goes on and on and on and i get lost in in just in fantasizing about them and some of them i think are real and hence i have reactions to them our reactions can easily tell us what we are feeling real and what we feel real is all that you will get in your life if you feel all the miseries of the world you will enter that state and you will get to experience all the things that that state has to offer you two people living same similar life would have completely different mindset if you have a desire and let's say the desire is on point b and you are at point a there is a route that will take you there right now that route does not lie in your physical actions that route lies in your mindset once you change your mindset you are already in the end and you will be taken there in the most beautiful manner possible but sometimes we think that we have to go through struggle and difficulties to grow and learn we do not even if we did at one point we will understand that it was all our own manifestation and when we realize that it was our own manifestation we'll realize that we have the power to change everything in our life and actually after, at at one point we will even realize that we have the power to change other people's lives as well when you look at somebody in a better situation in a better state than they are in right now instead of feeling instead of feeling bad for them you are blessing them with a better state and if they cannot think better of themselves you can think better of them and offer them something 
which they couldn't think of, perhaps in, from this current situation. But now that you have offered them something, they have something to think about, even if you don't tell them. When you feel it's real for someone else, it has to come true for them as well, if they desire the same thing. Nicely stated. Coming back to Tanea, I want to ask you about um, the law of assumption. Walk us through the law of assumption. Sure. Um, so it's it's very different from what the law of attraction is. Um, I think the law of attraction talks about um, you know you thinking certain thoughts um, and then staying in a certain frequency and then your desires you need to match that frequency or you need to match the frequency of your desires and then when you're like a uh, when the, mass, the frequencies match that is when you end up attracting this uh, thing to you but the law of assumption actually is pretty simple I would say uh, and it definitely simplified a lot of things for me um, it, it merely states that whatever whatever you assume to be true will become fact for you and that is what you will end up experiencing in your reality. Because an assumption is imagination, basically, right? At the end of the day, any mental activity is a form of imagining, be it a thought or a belief or a moral code, um, an assumption, affirmations, all of these things, there are the same thing. They are different ways to imagine different things. And so when you change your assumption, you end up changing your physical world. So, uh, you know, like McBenz was saying, people think that their life is a struggle. Uh, that's, that's, that's an assumption. You think that your life is a struggle. You're assuming that to be so every day. And by law, that is what you must experience. Life is going to be even more difficult for you and get challenging by the day because you believe and you assume that life is a struggle. So Neville says that in order to change your life, you must change your assumptions. And he says, whatever you assume to be true, if you persist in that assumption, it will harden into fact. So persistence is important. And most of the times we are persisting in negative assumptions. Even though life may seem to be good sometimes, but we still overall have a negative assumption about things and then they keep manifesting. So even though our senses are telling us, hey, things are good, things are actually getting better, we still deny the evidence of those senses and keep persisting in this negative assumption. Why not do the same thing for good things? So your life could be not going the way that you want it to. That's what your senses are showing you at the moment. Why don't you deny what the senses are showing you and persist in a different assumption that's going to benefit you? For example, if your life does appear to be a struggle, you know, I mean, it's not, it's not like it's a struggle in every area of your life. There are certain areas of your life that appear to be more challenging than the others. You could create good assumptions in those areas of your life. So instead of uh, always assuming and thinking and having the belief that I have difficult relationships or uh, I'm never going to meet the man of my dreams or, you know, my, my children are always difficult. Um, I'm always financially unstable, things like that. Create good assumptions about your life. Uh, 
create the assumption that I am wealthy, I am abundant, I'm supported by people in my reality. People love me, people respect me, you know? And as Neville says, if you persist in a negative, no matter how false, an assumption, though false, if persisted in, will harden into fact. No matter how false it may seem, no matter how uh, much the evidence of the senses may seem to negate that assumption, if you continue to persist in it, despite what the world might tell you, despite quote-unquote facts of the world, you are going to start experiencing that in your reality. And you can actually see this, uh, you know, a lot of celebrities have actually uh, used this in their lives. Uh, and and they, they call it the law of attraction. <laughs> but that's what they did at the core of it all. They might have been going through very tough times in their lives and uh, no one could have believed in them. But they knew that they were going to get where they wanted to go. They saw themselves there. They saw themselves sitting and dining with these uh, these elite folks and, and wearing the finest clothes and working in the uh, best, working for the best movies or music videos or whatever. They saw themselves there. They did not care about what, the, what their senses were dictating. They didn't care about the so-called facts of the world, which said that, oh, you know, uh, people from our background can never make it big. There's, there's facts like that out there on the internet. If you, you know, if you go searching, you'll find it because what you seek is seeking you, right? So if you go looking for data like that, you're going to get that data. Um, but if you just decide that that is not your reality and that you are going to create a reality based on your assumptions, that is what is going to happen for you because that is what the law is. Your assumptions create your reality. And I think uh, I was asked this question, but I forgot to answer it. How do you maintain the state? Um, and this is where faith comes in. And Neville quotes the Bible all the time, and faith is a very uh, talked about subject in the Bible. Faith in the fact that you are more than this physical body. You are, as Bennett described it so well, you are much more than that. You are the absolute, the I. I think he said that there's the absolute that becomes aware, and then there's the awareness of being. And I think, I think it was Neville who talked about it, who said, the absolute can be seen as the I. The awareness is the I am. So the mm -hmm. I becomes aware that it is something, okay? That it is, it exists. I am. Mm -hmm. And then comes the being. I am X, Y, Z, right? Now that awareness is becoming something. It's, it's being something in the moment. So I am, uh, I am Sana, I am a girl, I am a girl. you know, I, I live in North Carolina, whatever. All of these things, uh, are now part of my awareness of being, but that's not who I am. And more often than not, people attach negative uh, adjectives after their I am, like I'm broke, mm -hmm. I am unhappy, I'm miserable. Um, and they ask questions like, why is it always me? Why am I always struggling? Um, you know, these are, these are the assumptions that people hold about themselves and that is what holds them back. And so it's about realizing that your life is a product of your assumptions. And when you can change that assumption, it, it, those assumptions, your life will change. And you need to persist, like Neville says. You need to persist. And to persist, you need faith. And what do you have faith in? Faith in who you really are. That's why it's so important. And that's why Neville wanted everybody to know who they are. He may have described a, a million techniques and shared a, 
million success stories about people manifesting money, cars, and relationships. But at the end of the day, the core of his teachings was about making people realize who they are. And that is, and he said it up front. He said, you are God, right? He, he wasn't shying away from that. He said, you are the central character of the scriptures. You are the God, the father that they talk about. You are the Jesus. You are God made man. And that is what Jesus is in the Bible. That's what Neville is talking about. The father is the consciousness, consciousness, the absolute that Bennett was talking about, the I that became a there, that became I am. And that became a there of being something. I am this, I am that. So your I is always going to be there. Right now you're experiencing the I am because you're aware of those things, right? What do you choose to add after your I am is what is going to dictate your reality. That is the assumption that you hold about yourself and about everybody else in your reality as well. Um, and everything comes down to you. You don't have to change anybody. Like Neville says, no one to change but self. You change only the I am. And everybody has to reflect it back to you. Because Neville also talks about everyone as you're pushed out, right? Everyone is just reflecting what is going on inside of you. Everyone is an extension of you because like Bennett said, we're all one mind. So how can we be separate from each other? This, this, this physical world that we are in is nothing but a dream. It's no different from the dream that you dream at night. It's, 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 it's the same thing. It's just the illusion is so strong. Everything feels solid and that person out there seems like a separate person. But we're all one mind. We are all connected. If that were not true, you would not be able to manifest. Because think about it. How would you be able to influence someone else's thoughts if we were not connected at some level? So we are all one mind. And who I am in the moment is, is responsible for describing everything in my reality, including each person in my reality. So if I feel like I'm not respected, well, that's what every person is going to reflect to me to, uh, to be. They're going to not respect me, right? But if when I change that assumption and I persist it and I have faith in the fact that I am much more than this, this, this person that I think I am, that I am actually God of my reality. If I have faith in that, and if I have faith in this power, imagination, which is also God, as Neville says, your imagination is God. If you have faith in what you're imagining, and you can persist in that imagine, imagine seeing or assumption or whatever, you will see things change. And I know people trip when they have to maintain a certain state because, you know, not everybody can uh, deal with the evidence of the senses, like what your senses are showing you. The proof can be pretty strong. It can knock you off your, uh, your, your assumptions. But like I said, faith is, faith is what is needed here. Um, and Neville has a ton of lectures on just faith. And I would urge listeners to actually you know, just go on YouTube and look up Neville's lectures in his own voice. Um, they're all available for free. Um, and, you know, listen to him and try to understand what he's saying. When you come to realize who you are, you will automatically be able to maintain and hold any state. People don't realize who they are is why they get knocked off by doubt. But when you realize you are God, uh, well, I don't think that God would care, right? If, if anything were to happen, God knows that he or she has the power to change everything. Everything it can be changed in the blink of an eye. And so 
when you have that understanding of who you really are, which is what Neville wanted his listeners uh, and his students to have, the understanding of who they are. He wanted to remind them that, listen, you've forgotten who you are and you're sleeping like Adam was sleeping in the Garden of Eden. You're asleep. Um, when you understand who you are and that you are God, that all these scriptures and these holy books were written about you, that you're the central character, I feel like the faith just comes then and there. There's this power you feel within you. Um, and I don't think holding a state is a, a challenge when you know who you really, really are, right? So for me personally, that's how my journey has been. Like initially it was very difficult to even accept that, oh, I'm the one who's creating all of this. But I, I put it to the test, like Neville says, test it. I tested it a lot. I used to manifest small things like words and rubber ducks and pennies and stuff like that. Uh, and I've manifested bigger things like, well, small and bigger subjective, right? Everything's the same for the law, but still like from a human perspective, um, big things like manifesting this particular job in this very location, moving into this apartment, having the kind of life that I have. Um, all of these things uh, are, you know, they're easy to manifest when you when you know who you are. It might take time to build faith, which is why, like I said, test it. Test it for the smaller thing, manifest like a butterfly or whatever. But, you know, the point is, with every manifestation, try to remember who you are and try to stay in the knowing of who you are. Because if you can, if you can get there, anything is possible. You can maintain a state easily. You can switch states easily. You can... Uh, you know, conjure up the state of being a millionaire in seconds. It's not going to be difficult when you know who you really are. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's how I would go about maintaining states. Nicely stated. Coming back to you, Bennett, we're live on the Sudden Eye Impact show with your host Lee, Bennett Gill, and Tanea Amar. I'm coming to you, Bennett. Um, the example that Neville gives uh, where he's getting a ticket for his brother, and it's about the thief, and basically he, he breaks it down, and he says that, like, God's doing everything. Like, are we really in a drama play? We're really in the Matrix? Because he's saying everybody is I am, which I understand that. Talk to us about that. Sure. I love talking about this as well. Uh, so we are talking about the everybody's you pushed out, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so Neville uh, says that everybody is you pushed out. What it means is you are the director, the actor, the playwriter. Everybody is you. You are the one who has created this play, who is living this play, who is experiencing this play. <clears throat> now, when it comes to everybody is you pushed out, the general idea is that so I can make anyone do anything, so I can control anyone. The thing is that if you think of other people as slaves, then we are ourselves enslaved by some of the other concept. Because if everybody is you pushed out, you are enslaved, right? The way everybody is you pushed out, as defined by Neville, is that you and everyone else has the one same mind, and we together are experiencing this dream, all of us together. And it's just happening in one mind. But we are having our own different experiences. And that's exactly why we're here. 
for the beauty and the fun of different experiences that we can have here while completely forgetting all our powers and while remembering who we are. So I'll just give one funny example here that uh, I do this all the time. Just a couple of days back, I was walking towards the elevator of my building and uh, I thought it would be fun to get some praise from my uh, my superior, my boss today. And I was like, sure, let me try that out. So I just said this. I just heard her saying exact words, these exact words. She said, Bennett, you're a genius. And then I just heard it once, took like two, three seconds. And then I, and by, the by that time, elevator was here. So I just went about my way. And I went to work at around 1, 1.30. Uh, my boss realized that I did something in the past, which I didn't even remember anymore about. And she said, Bennett, you're a genius. She said the exact same words. The thing is that when you live in the end, when you live in the end, you will see that all these characters that are playing different part in your, parts in your, role, in, in your own movie are not separate but yourself. Because when you assume something, they have to come and play those parts for you. When you assume something about someone, you're giving them that role. So my personal advice always is that give everyone better roles. Sometimes we have arguments and conversations with people in our mind. And then we see that happening in the world. And then we again have that in our mind. And then we again see it happening in the world. If we change our mental conversations with these people, we'll definitely see a major change in our, in our own relationship with them. And in, at a much grander scale, you will see a better relationship of yourself with yourself. Only if you are completely in love with yourself, you can experience the same level of love with someone else. If you hate yourself, you'd hate everyone else. Doesn't that in itself prove that we are not different, but we are one? We are experiencing the same thing. We are experiencing similarly. And what one, one person thinks, about, thinks of, the other person is also thinking the same thing. Some people are like, I think the term for that is telepathy. And it's one of the very common phenomena that happens all the time. Just day before yesterday at work, uh, me, my boss, and another colleague, we were discussing something. And I had an idea, but I said, let, let me just try this out. I'll just pronounce the whole idea in my mind. And I'll let my colleague speak, speak the same uh, same idea in his own way or my or the, use the exact words. I, I was not very specific about that. I just felt that this idea is out there now. And just as, as I was done, he started speaking about the exact same thing, but it was in his own words, but very similar to, very similar to what I was thinking and on the same line with the same solution. So when everybody is you pushed out, as I said, it's all you. It's all you out there. It's all you out there. When you when you experience this kind of a uh, when you experience this at a deeper level, you will you will see you will actually experience the true meaning of love. Love is not just an emotion. It's like a complete. It's like a. It's like your own realization. When you realize who you are, you will experience love at a much grander level, and it won't be confined to the way we humans look at it generally.
it's much deeper it's with everyone it cannot be confined to one person nicely stated coming back to you tania talk to us about like manifesting you know a specific person a specific job specific business partner and then before we go to that i wonder did y'all do something because like i talked to Bennett earlier right to set up the show and i was going back and forth on what i should ask tanaya like we should be interested in doing it so it was a struggle there but i was like man i just want to give all the information that we can give to the universe so i was hesitating going back and forth but then at the end i text bennett and said hey see if tania wants to get on and then i just found you on ig and then just did it and then you were good with it so that did y'all put y'all's mind together to make it happen Uh, I, I think Bennett did manifest it. He did tell me uh, that he wanted me to be here. Um, and when he told me that he was going to be here, um, I obviously also wanted to be here. But I was really genuinely happy for him. Um, and uh, I, I, I just told him, well, let me you. know. I when wanted I you too. On air, and I'm, I'd like to listen. Uh, but he didn't have any details at the moment. But, um, yeah, I, I did also want to be here. But I think Bennett would be able to tell you better about what he did. Okay, we'll come back to him after because I wanted you to be on too. Well, thank you very much. I, I'm, I'm really enjoying this. So talk to us about the specific person, uh, specific job, or specific business partner. Like someone may have been having issues or maybe someone was disloyal and they took the money or whatever. Like how do you manifest a specific person? Um, there's a very interesting story about Neville, actually, that comes to mind about how he uh, manifested um, getting money from someone who had borrowed money from him uh, a long time ago and hadn't uh, returned it. Um, so his wife actually reminded him about it, and um, he didn't really care much, but his wife wanted him to take, get the money back. And so he said, well, I'm going to do it my way. And... Uh, what he meant was he, he, he said that he wasn't really going to talk to this guy about it. He was just going to go in his imagination and make it happen. So well, the first thing he did was he first, um, uh, he, he, so he usually his technique was uh, the state akin to sleep technique where you, uh, you sit down in an armchair or you lie, lay down on the bed um, and you get into this drowsy state mm-hmm. uh, where you're, uh, like just falling asleep but you're still aware so you don't really you know doze off um and so you induce the state akin to sleep which is a state very similar to sleep um and you pull up this uh whatever imaginal imaginal scene before you which implies that your desire is fulfilled and, and then you keep looping it and you fall asleep to it so he he went into the state and the first thing he did was that he imagined he uh, what he this is how he said it in his lecture. He said, I assumed that my friend had enough money uh in order to be able to actually return it to me. Because he said you you know, he wouldn't be able to give it back if he didn't have money. So he assumed that he was uh doing well enough to be able to give the money back. And then he just uh imagined him receiving the money. Uh I don't quite recall what exactly he imagined, but uh, you know, 
you can be creative, get creative about it. So that's it. That's all he did, basically, just dozed off thinking about that. And then um, I think the same week, he received a call from this friend who hadn't spoken to him in ages. Uh, and this guy asked him about what he's going to be doing on Friday. And all of a sudden, he was going to be lecturing. And so he said, well, I'll be attending the lecture with my wife. And they did. Um, and then uh, when the lecture ended, um, Neville and his friend went in a separate car. And the, the wives went in a separate car. And he said that the whole way, nobody talked about money or anything like that. Um, and when they got back home, um, all of a sudden, mid-conversation, the wife of the friend who had borrowed the money just suddenly pulls out. I think she uh, brought a check with her or something. Um, she was like, Neville, this has been long overdue. And we just wanted you to have this money. Um, and that's how he got the money back. And an important thing here to note is that when they were turning back home, he, Neville noticed that this guy had a new car. It was a brand new car that was, uh, and it was not the old car that this man was driving, which was not in a very good condition. So when Neville saw that car, he knew that his assumption that this man was doing well in life and that he was financially stable had come to pass because that's how he could manage to afford the car, right? So the first assumption manifested there. And then the second assumption or the theme that, you know, he was getting the money back manifested when they got back home, you know, when the wife just suddenly pulled out the check and handed the money to Neville. And nobody spoke about it. Nobody brought the topic up. This guy hadn't been in touch for ages and it still happened. So this is a great story and you can take a leaf out of this and just apply it to anything in life. Um, just, you know, bring up a theme that implies fulfillment of your desire. So if it's a specific job, for example, in my case, I really wanted to be, um, I, I, I really wanted a job in a, in the specific location where I am right now. And I, to be honest, I had a company in mind, but I didn't really get a job in the, in the company. But now that I think about it, the, the job, the company didn't matter to me as much as living in this location and in this particular apartment mattered to me. Um, and I'm actually very happy with my job. So I guess what, the, the only aspect of the job that I was looking for was that it should be in this location and that I should enjoy it. I should be enjoying it. And that is, happened, uh, even though it's not the company that I was actually initially going for. Um, but the rest of it did manifest. And like I said, I, I uh, pulled up that scene of me um, sitting in the balcony and sipping coffee. That's what I did. And in the back of my mind, I had this silence knowing that I am sitting here in this balcony, sipping this coffee only because I live and work here and I have a full-time job and it's not because I'm visiting some friend or I'm here for a couple of days and I'll be going back or something like that. No, it was very specific. Um, but I didn't use any words. I didn't create any scene for that, uh, that particular assumption. It was just an, a silent knowing that I had when I was in that scene. And when I say I was in that scene, I mean that I was actually in it first person point of view, um, enjoying my coffee, smelling it, tasting it, sitting in that balcony, seeing what I was seeing in front of me and living that scene. Um, and so I, I, this is what I pretty much use for most of my things. Um, I think Bennett actually told me the story about him manifesting his uh, uh, boss to say you're a genius. Uh, and I, it must have impressed my subconscious mind at some point because I ended up manifesting that too. I think it was wow. two days ago that one of my colleagues uh, said, oh, you're a genius. And it just came out of nowhere. I just gave her a very <laughs> simple uh, idea 
And she was like, oh, wow, you're a genius. And I was like, hold on. Uh, so um, it was it was random. Um, but yeah, see, that, that's, that's the thing, right? The things that you're paying attention to, the content that you're consuming, the kind of gossip that you indulge in, these things impress your subconscious mind. Um, and because I was having this conversation with Bennett, it, it, it ended up impressing my subconscious mind. I didn't even realize it, and it manifested. So when it manifested, I was aware enough to notice. Um, and so, you know, that's also uh, an important thing to make note of, that when you're manifesting something which, you know, requires faith and persistence, um, you know, be, be, be careful about the kind of content that you're consuming, about the kind of things that you're listening to, the kind of news articles that you're reading. Um, I remember when I was manifesting these things, I was really not indulging in too much social media and too much, you know, uh, the politics and stuff like that. I was like really keeping away from all of that because I wanted to focus on one thing at that time. And I knew that the facts of the world can be very, uh, you know, they can they can really knock you off. So I did not want to let that happen to me. So uh, I I did not listen to anything that spoke about you know people on visas and how the situation was like for them things like that I didn't entertain any of that because I'm here on a visa and I did not entertain any of that information and things went very smoothly for me uh despite you know things being very bad because of COVID so uh that's that's one of the things that I tell my friends and family is they're manifesting something which they consider quote-unquote huge is if you were actually doing that then it's very easy to get swayed by negative information so Try to stay away from things like that. And if it's something very specific, like I said, create a scene that would imply that you got what you wanted. Uh, one of my friends was her her mom was suffering from COVID, and this was last year when we didn't have the vaccines or anything like that. Uh, and this was happening in India. Um, and her mom, uh, she was critical because of her age. Um, and my friend came to me, and she was like, "I need you to be my Abdullah." And Abdullah was Neville's mentor, right? He he, yeah. he slammed the door on Neville when Neville wanted to go to Barbados. He just said, you're in Barbados. And he slammed the door on her. So she came to me. She wanted me to slam the door on her. So I said, well, if that's what you want. Then I just said, she's healed. That's all I said. And she was also doing her bit. So, you know, she was doing the regular stuff, you know, taking care of medications and obviously doing all that other stuff. But at the same time, she told me she didn't entertain any negative conversations she didn't entertain any of the news, any of the data, statistics, and stuff like that. If anybody even brought up such a topic, she just hushed them. So um, she did things at her end. But when she came to me, I would just say one thing, that she is healed. And then one day she comes to me. She's like, she's in critical condition. That's what the doctor said. I said, revise it. And I don't know if we've spoken about revision yet, but um, revising is, you know, you go back into a time past and you 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 see the, the same uh, thing that happened, but you see it going in the direction that you would have liked it to go. So instead of, you know, having that fight, you see a peaceful reconciliation or something like that. Um, so in her case, I said, just revise what the doctor said. Imagine him telling you what you want to hear. Um, and I just, I, I asked her, what would your mom be doing if she was healed right now? And she said, well, she would be getting ready to go to work every morning. Um, and yeah, just doing her everyday stuff. And I said, well, imagine her doing that see her getting ready for work every morning, you know, and assume the feeling of her uh, being healed right now in this very moment. It's not in the future. It's right now. And so 
she did that, and I, I checked in with her a couple of days later, um, and she said, yeah, she's doing better. Mom's doing better. And I was very happy to hear that. And then I, I think it's, I think a month must have gone by, and I hadn't heard from her. So I reached out to her, and I was like, hey, what, what's up with your mom? And she said, oh, she, she flew back to her hometown. And I said, all by herself? She said, yeah, all by herself. So <laughs> it actually manifested. We ended up healing her mom. So in a way, this was a specific person manifestation where you ended up uh, healing a specific person. And how we did that was uh, – we imagine this where a scene where she was doing the things she would do if she was healthy in this very moment. So, um, you know, you would know better what the what what scene would imply the fulfillment of any desire that you have. What would you be doing? What would you be saying? Um, what would your friends say to you? Uh, how would your friends look at you? Um, it's like Bennett said, right? A state is like a garment. Um, when you buy new clothes and you step out in it, you know that you bought new clothes and you feel all, you know, uh, pepped up in that in that new dress. But the the world outside of you doesn't know. But you're in that state. You're wearing these new set of clothes and you know how it feels. Um, so that's the kind of that's that's the kind of state that you have to get into. You assume right here and now that this is happening, and then the world will start seeing it as well. People, since they're you pushed out. They will reflect it back to you. They're like, the world is a mirror. And this, this is also important if you're manifesting a specific person. The world is a mirror. When you, If you don't like what you're seeing on the mirror, you're not going to try and clean the mirror or break the mirror. You're going to have to clean yourself. You're going to have to fix yourself. The mirror is unbiased. It doesn't care how you look like. It's just going to reflect back to you, whatever you however you look like. So that's what this world is. That's what the people in this world are like. Everybody's just mirroring back to you what is going on inside of you so if you think that you um you know if it's a specific person if you think that this person is never going to forgive you and that you know you've destroyed this relationship forever um well then that's what's going to happen this person has no choice but to reflect back that assumption to you and so they're going to keep uh you know keep up this hostile nature but if but when you when you realize that there's no one to change but self, like Neville says. It's all about your self-concept. How do you see yourself with respect to yourself, with respect to people, circumstances, whatever? When you change yourself, everything outside of you changes. It has to. It, that's the law. It reflects back to you whatever is going on inside of you. So you don't change no, anybody at the end of the day. It's only you, You're only changing yourself. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you a quick example when I was manifesting um, my job, I really needed this job in time because the project that I was working on at the time, uh, it was going to be terminated in, uh, in a matter of two months. And after that, since I'm on a visa, I, I needed to find a job really quick. Um, and so I needed this whole process to you know, get over with as, as fast as possible. And they were taking their own sweet time and extending the offer. I knew that I had the job. It's just that they were not extending the offers as fast as I'd like them to. Um, and so I was in touch with the recruiter and I was, she knew my situation and I told her, look, this is how it is. And, you know, could you like speed it up? It'd be, it'd be great if you could speed it up. Um, and, uh, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do much in the physical world. Like I wanted to do things in my own, in my imagination, but it, I, I, but I did at times reach out and it's fine. You, you can, you can do things in the physical world that doesn't change anything. Um, but then, uh, obviously it, it, I think they took like a whole two weeks to get back to me. 
Um, but yeah, they did extend the job uh, offer. And when I started working, I actually met with the recruiter. I really wanted to talk to her one-on-one. So I met with her on a, uh, for a coffee chat. And uh, she told me something that proved to me how everyone is you pushed at work. Work. She said, you were on my mind every night as I was falling asleep and every morning when I, as I woke up. You were the last thing on my mind and the first thing on my mind. And I was always like, I need to get her that offer. And I was like, see, this is how it works. When you're manifesting something, you're going to be on their mind 24-7. And they're going to, you know, their actions are going to be propelled in the direction of your desires, you know. And they're going to think that it's their idea. That's the beauty of it all. In fact, if you were to tell them that, you know what, I manifested this and you were doing this because I was manifesting it, they might actually end up getting offended. They'd be Mm -hmm. like, of course not. That was my idea. How dare you? You know, so that's the beauty of it all, that everybody thinks it's their own idea. If you were manifesting a free coffee, it's a specific person manifestation because you manifested that person to give you that free coffee, right? They must have had a thought to give you the free coffee. And if you were to tell them that you would be manifested, they might actually not like that. They'd be like, excuse me, <laughs> this was my decision. So um, this is how it works. It's, it's all work, it all works beautifully. It's, all, it's only about, it's about realizing who you are and actually um, working with this power. I like to use the analogy of the X-Men uh, from the Marvel comics. You know, there's all these different mutants who have all these crazy powers and they're creating havoc in their lives because they don't know how to control it. But then Professor Charles Xavier shows up and he's like, I'm going to enroll you into the school of the X-Men and then teach you how to harness this power and use it uh, in, a, in a wiser manner. Um, and that's what ends up happening, right? They end up using their powers correctly and properly and they end up controlling it. I like to I like to see all of us as X Men. We all have this power. It's just that we don't know how to use it, which is what leads people into depression and anxiety and you know all of these uh, things in life. They don't know how to use their imagination correctly. But when you realize what you've been doing all along, that you've been manifesting twenty four seven, it's just that it was unconscious. Um, you you it's you know it, if you if you if you run into this knowledge and you still don't uh, take control of your imagination then it's it's really a shame. <laughs> um, and I think even Neville says that it's, it's the duty of every civilized person or something like that, that, you know, you should take charge of your imagination. Uh, at least, you know, when you come to know that, oh, this is how things work. So I like to, I like to see all of us as superheroes. We all have this power. It's, and, and we don't realize how we're using it, which is why we're creating havoc in our lives. But once you realize how this works, um, it's, it's, it's easy to control it and yeah you can you can create a better life for yourself Thank nicely you. stated coming to you bennett bennett talk to us about golgotha and then after that focus and attention sure uh but before that i just want to mention uh the two people who uh won lotteries using uh Law of Attraction and Neville Goddard's method. One of them was uh, Shane Maisler. He won $450 million, I think, in Powerball. And the other one was Cynthia Stafford. She actually manifested the exact amount that she had uh, written down on a piece of paper. It was $112 million. Uh, and she won it in California Lottery. Wow. So it definitely works for money. Like, 5000 versus $450 million, that's a huge, huge gap there. But it doesn't matter what amount is it. 
once you are persistent in your knowing, it has to be. It always has to be. Uh, coming back to the uh, question about focus and uh, attention. We are living in, in, in the world of our own imagination and whatever assumption we hold is going to be outpictured. So wherever, so it's like uh, our attention is like torch and our, the light of torch is like our awareness. So when we become aware of something, it's like we throw light there and only those portions of our reality would be visible to us, right? So that's where our focus and that's where our attention is. Usually, there are so many thoughts going on in our mind every day, every moment. We come across so much information every day and there are, there's so much uh, programming that's already been done in us that we can definitely undo. But at the same time, you can actually look towards your desire, move there, and in moving there, you will prove you, to yourself who you are. So that's, that's, uh, that's something very wonderful. So when you put your focus, instead of on your problems, towards it, uh, rather towards the solution, you'll definitely have a shift in mindset. Your focus will shift from the problem where you are trying to fit a circle in a triangle or a triangle in a circle, doesn't matter. Instead of that, when you look at the problem from a whole different angle, from a different mindset, you'll have a different kind of a thought. You'll have a different kind of a, a desire. You'll have a different kind of an emotion. You'll completely be thinking and looking the world from a different mindset. So your focus has shifted. Your attention has shifted. And in your imagination, you can put your attention anywhere, and it has to be. But how do you put your attention in your imagination? By simply assuming. As, uh, as Tanea very well said, you can simply assume anything to be true. The way I like to put it is, the only lie is the truth that we don't believe in. That's the only, that's the only lie there is. Anything that you assume and persist in that assumption becomes true. Wherever your attention goes, you get to get that portion of the life experience. Could you please uh, repeat the first part of the question that you had asked? Dwight? Oh, yeah. I was wanting to know if you were up on the Golgotha, which is the top of the skull. And basically, it, it, it's, I guess, the Christ consciousness, the imagination. Yeah. You know, I have a very different kind of an experience to share with regarding to this. Neville had his own experience, and I had a very similar experience. I just, uh, I had a dream a couple of years back in which there was this wooden stick, which was like not modified in any sense. It was like natural raw stick, uh, pretty thick. And on top of it was a skull. And that skull was melting from top to bottom. And there was no fire on skull. It was just melting from top to bottom. And just in the recent time when I remembered that dream again, I was able to figure out like what the skull was, what that dream or a vision was trying to say, and uh, what that what that wood meant. That wood was my backbone. That skull was my my skull or my or my uh, perception of my skull. And from the top, it was melting. From top, it was becoming one with the source or with the with the father. The father and the son were becoming one. I was. Uh, I could see 
how I was fused with a state and how I could see how I could uh, melt away from a state. So in the same way, when we talk about Jesus Christ or Krishna, there are different states, different states of mind, different mindset. And when we talk about all these religious books and religious scriptures, all of them consist different characters. And all these characters are actually personification of us and our different states. We can experience any of these states if we desire. And when we put when we put our assumption out there, when we when we know our assumption, when we know our desires. Uh, here I would also like to bring uh, one very important topic, which is living in the end. What does it mean living in the end? Living in the end, I'll give you an example and try to explain based on that. So if somebody wants money to buy a home, their desire is home and not money. So what living in the end could imply for them? Something like a scene which, uh, which, uh, which happens after seven weeks, seven weeks after you moved into that house, you're, you're uh, talking to your perhaps husband or your wife and having a, a gala time with them. And you can have this, you can use any of your sense to, exp uh, to experience this. You can hear them laughing, you can hear them speaking, or you can, you can hear them praising, or you can uh, sip a cup of coffee, as Tanaya said, or you can drink a cup of wine. You can, you can experience a housewarming party and your friends coming over and, that, and those friends are saying that you have an amazing place. And, and why did you, where did you buy this furniture from? Where did you buy that carpet from? Something as simple as that. That is living in the end. Where you move beyond the point where your desire is already fulfilled. And then thinking from that point onwards. So you do not think backwards, you think onwards. From that particular point, from that premise or that plot of that movie, you play from there onwards. And when you try to do that, you will naturally notice that if you have actually felt it real, the very next thought would naturally be related to your desire and not regarding if it is possible, if it is good, if it is this or that. No, it will be about your desire. For example, if some friend praised you, how would you know you have felt it real? You, have, you will have a reaction. Your friend praised your home, your carpet, your this, that, whatever it is. So you will have a natural reaction to them. And this reaction tells you that you have felt it real. And once you feel it real, know that you have moved in your imagination. You have moved within yourself. And when you move within yourself, everything out there conforms and rearranges itself because everything is made up of the same element. When you break everything down, everything is made up of the same element. And when you reach to the very bottom, it's just consciousness. So everything is made up of consciousness. You, I, this furniture, everything is made up of consciousness. But it's only us who are aware about ourselves because it's just God aware about itself. So you can imagine if God is putting its attention anywhere. And if you do not believe in God, that's fine. You can use the word consciousness here, or you can use the word superconsciousness or mind. You can use any of these words. It's one and the same thing. We just look at it differently. Right. Wow. Coming back to you, Tanaya. Um, so the law is imagination creates reality. And then the promise is those that have, more will be given. So if you maintain the state of wealth, abundance, prosperity, riches, possessions, 
you will be granted that. And likewise, if you don't have, even the little bit that you have will be taken away. So those that maintain the state of poverty, lack, scarcity, um, not feeling worthy of being loved, so on and so forth, they will also be granted that. So talk about that, Tanaya, and how do you change the state of consciousness if you're on the back end of what I described, the Part B to the promise? Um, Yeah, so it actually goes back to the law of assumption, right? Um, If you are in the state or if you have the, if you hold the assumption that you are abundant, um, you know, you're respected, you're loved, that's what you're going to experience more and more of. Um, but if you continue to feel that, oh no, I am always in a state of lack, I'm always broke, um, whatever little money you do have will also disappear. Because um, you never really shifted into the state of abundance, which is why a lot of people, there's so many people who win the lottery, but we don't hear about them ever again. It's because they never really shifted into the state of abundance and wealth, which is why they lost all that they earned, right? They may have uh, felt it real at, at some point winning the lottery. But they never changed their self-concept, their identity into, you know, the state of a wealthy person. And so they were not able to sustain that wealth. That wealth that, that wealth that they accumulated just disappeared as quickly as it appeared. So that's what this implies, that you need to become this person in order to keep experiencing more of it. Um, and if you and if you don't, whatever little you do have will also you you'll ex, you'll start experiencing that even those little things are also some, somehow being taken away from you or they're disappearing. Um, so I guess yeah, that's that's what it really implies. And uh, what was the second part of the question? How how do you how do they shift the consciousness, like from that state? Like, mm-hmm. what's the steps for them to? to shift? Well, um, use the power of imagination. You imagine, you deliberately create a scene or multiple scenes um, that imply that you are this new person because we think in images and then those images go ahead and manifest. Imagination precedes every uh, word or action. So you have to go to the basics, right down to the root of it all, which is imagination. You have to create a scene of yourself. You have to see yourself with imagination as being this person. And, you know, stay in that state. Keep imagining it if that's, if that's what it, it takes. Like Neville says, um, I did it, I'm doing it, and I will continue to do it until that which I have done has perfectly externalized within my world. So when he says, I did it and I'm doing it, he's talking about imagination. I will continue to imagine. I will continue to assume. And like I said, faith. Have faith in who you really are. Um, Have faith in the power of of imagination. Have faith in the fact that when you imagine something, it is done. 
in that moment that you imagined it, it already happened. That desire has been taken care of. If you can just have faith in that much, your desire is going to come to you. Sometimes that's, that's all I do. I may not have faith in the fact that I, I, I can have this particular thing, but when I imagine myself enjoying this particular thing in first-person point of view with all my senses, I know that that was not just fantasy. It was actually happening in some dimension. And that it's done. Because when it happens in imagination, it happens in the physical world. It must follow. And that's the law. Um, so like I said, knowing who you are and knowing that this, this power within you is real. And it's not just fantasy. Just knowing that much is enough to uh, maintain a state and uh, persist in that state. Um, you shut you shut you shut your senses to everything uh you you don't you know you don't uh go by what your senses are dictating you simply believe in what you have imagined and this is how i personally maintain a state um neville calls it brazen impudence and that's my attitude in life it's about living life with a certain sense of boldness uh that's what brazen means right being bold and having no shame and impudence is being impertinent, being audacious. Um, it's like a child that wants a toy, and they just want it. They don't care how they're going to get it. They just want that toy. So having that attitude in life where you're like, I have this goal, and you know what? I'm not just going to sit here and want it. I'm not just going to sit here and desire it. I have it. I have it right here and now. And I'm going to assume the state of ownership. I have it right now. And that's the state I'm going to assume. And God or my subconscious or my higher self, whatever you want to call it, is going to bring it to me. And I don't care how. You know, I'm being, I'm being that child <laughs> where I am just living with this attitude of brazen impudence where I'm like, I already have it. I don't even want it anymore because I already have it. And how it's going to come in the 3D, in the physical world, is none of my business. I, I, I don't want to take care of that problem. That, that's not my problem at all. It's like uh, when you place an order on Amazon. You know, when you, go, when you log into Amazon, you have a desire. You want a certain item, and you don't yet own it. You log into Amazon with, in that state. And then when you find it, and when you pay for it online, when as soon as a transaction goes through, your state changes from wanting it, from being a seeker of that item, to owning that item, even though the item hasn't yet even been delivered, right? But you've still, you've shifted from wanting it to actually owning it right now. Mm. doesn't matter if I don't have it in my hands. doesn't matter if I don't see it with my eyes or feel it with my, uh, with my fingers. None of that matters in that moment because I know that I've purchased this thing and therefore it's mine. And it's coming. I don't have to take care of the, the supply chain. That, that's not my problem. Amazon's going to take care of it. And Amazon has such a great name in the business that we know that things are going to come on time. In fact, sometimes they're delivered earlier than the, the deadline, right? right? So we don't care about it. We know that this thing works. Amazon is good at it. And we just let it go. But what happened to me in that moment? As soon as the transaction ended, 
might they change from wanting this thing, desiring this thing, seeking this thing, to actually owning and having it, even though I don't actually have it in my hands right now. And that is very similar to what happens when you imagine something. The transaction that I was talking about uh, in, in case of Amazon is monetary, but in terms of imagining, it's the imaginal act. That act where you imagine yourself owning this thing and you felt it real with all your senses, that was a mental transaction that just happened. And when you come out of it, you come back into this physical world, when you come out of your imagination and back into the physical world, um, it's like you logging out of Amazon. But the transaction happened and you know it happened. And so now you know it's coming, right? Now, before you entered the imaginal scene, you were a seeker, uh, someone who wanted this thing. But now as, after you've, you come out of the imaginal scene, you now own it, even though it's not here yet in front of you. You still own it. I, I, I use the example of uh, your name or my name all the time where I'm like, I know what my name is. And I don't need to carry a, an ID proof with me around all the time to prove to people that this is my name. Right. Um, I just know it. I don't have faith in the fact that my name is Sanaya, or I don't believe in the fact that my name is Sanaya. I know for a fact that my name is Sanaya. It's very different. Knowing is very different from having faith or even believing in something. You know. And if you can go yeah. for the knowing that your desire is yours, well, there, there's nothing better than that. So you know that your name, what your name is. And if somebody walked up to you and called you by a different name, you'd be surprised. And if they, if they persisted that, no, this is your name, of course, you'd probably laugh. You'd be like, I think this person's gone crazy or something. You wouldn't bother, you know, looking for your ID card and trying to prove to them that, no, that's not my name. This is my name. You know, you wouldn't go to those lengths because you don't need to do that. Why would you? You know who you are. You know what your name is. So, you know, It'll be such a trivial thing for you, you won't even care. You just probably walk away. That's the kind of knowing that you need to go for when you are, you know, manifesting something. When you when you've imagined, when you've set the intention, when you've dropped the seed, just know that it's done. Know that it's done. Don't have faith that it's done. Don't believe that it's done. Go for the knowing. I mean, having faith and believing is also good, but if you can go for the knowing, like I said, there's nothing better than that. Know for a fact that this is done. Just like when you go on Amazon and you buy that thing, know that it's coming to you. You know, you don't always go and you, when, when your stuff doesn't uh, come to you in two or three days, it's not like you go and pay for it again. You don't keep paying for it over and over again. You pay for it just once and then you wait and then it comes to you. You know, sometimes imagining works in the same way. You don't need to imagine again and again. If you feel it real, even for a few seconds, like I did with the with the ten dollar bill uh, mm -hmm. that ended up being mm -hmm. a twenty dollar bill in the physical world. I didn't feel it more than once, and I just felt it for a couple seconds, and it came to me. So if you can even do it once, and you can do it with all the feeling in the world, and then just rest in the assumption that it is done, and that you own this thing now, it will come to you. Um, so yeah, but. That's my answer to that question. Nicely stated. I want you, you probably don't need it, but I want you to manifest all new furniture, living room furniture. I'm coming to you, Bennett. <laughs> Bennett, talk to us about the the meaning of Jacob and Esau, because they've gotten that twisted up. Talk to us about that. 
the esoteric E-S-O-T-E-R-C meaning and the E-X-O-T-E-R-C meaning of the issue with Jacob and Esau about the blessing? Uh, right. I'll just do, do that. But before that, uh, I wanted to say something in continuation to what Tanaya was saying. Mm -hmm. uh, so when it comes to uh, knowing your desire, that's 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 very important. Like when you know your desire, like you know your name, like you know your... You know you have your left arm. You don't have to think or believe that you have your left arm. You just know you know it is there. Know when you need it, it will be there. Just the way we know that, uh, especially people living in a country where water is easily available, they can, when they're thirsty, they just know that thirst is already quenched. They just have to open the tab and water is going to uh, come out of it. So it's, it's, it's that knowing that that moves you there, that takes you there. And uh, right around here, I also want to uh, say something additional. I actually manifested first-class tickets while I was actually having uh, economy premium economy class tickets when I was moving to Canada as a student. Mm -hmm. So all I did was uh, I was I actually uh, learned Silva by then the Silva method, and I was just lying on my bed. I I, I never traveled first class before, so I just looked at the images online. And I felt the comfort of that seat. I felt the extra leg room. I felt the extra shoulder room. I felt the uh, the amount of space I'll be having. And I felt that I'll be, I am going there uh, lying on a flat bed, like comfortably sleeping on first class seats. And I did it, I think, once or twice only. After I uh, did that, and I reached the airport, like this is, I think I did it like 15 or 20 days before my flight. And once I reached the airport, and when I was at the boarding gate, I handed uh, my boarding pass to the stewardess, and she actually tore my boarding pass, and she smiled at me. I was like, I was, I didn't ask her, but I was about to ask her, like, why did you do this? She smiled at me and said that uh, you have been upgraded to business class. It, it of course sounded good to my ears, but I was literally not moved. Like, I didn't, I didn't feel anything about that. Literally, I was completely blank. And I, I took the new boarding pass from her. And I, I as I was walking towards the plane, um, I, I was kind of in a blank state. And as I reached the uh, the inside of the airplane, the air stewardess there greeted me and she said, uh, sir, your, uh, your seat is this way. And she was pointing towards first class. Actually, I was holding the first class tickets in my hand. And the lady at the uh, at the gate incorrectly said that it's business class, but I was actually upgraded to uh, first class. And it was my first international flight. I actually had a lot of fun. And that somehow fueled that fire in me that, yes, I can manifest because I didn't buy this ticket. I didn't even buy business class. I bought I bought uh, premium economy class seats. So that's, that's one story that uh, stays with me. And I really cherish, <laughs> cherish that as well. And it adds to the belief that you know, we are creating this reality. We are making manifest every little thing in our life. Yeah, a similar thing happened to me when I went to go see Bob Proctor in L.A., but I didn't know what happened. But two things happened. The first thing that happened was this man, he waved me in. He was like the members, like he was a member of Delta. And so I got to go past the line because I was just had like a, uh, I guess it's coach ticket or whatever. I don't know what it was, but it was a long, long line at the DFW airport. And so 
he weighed me in, and I went right in with him. I mean, it was a super long line. So then the same thing happened to me with the ticket, but I didn't know what happened, but I got put in the first class, and I just – I woke up in the morning. I didn't do the exercise like you did. I didn't know what happened, but I felt like really, really light, like it was going to be a good day. And almost the same exact thing happened. I was in the first class. It got upgraded. So he waved me in. I got to bypass that long line, super long line, and I got upgraded to first class. Awesome. But I I didn't know what happened. I just woke up feeling like super light. I was happy I was going. I was really excited to see Bob Proctor, and all those those two things happened. That's awesome. At this at the same time, I'll I'll also like to uh, talk about the story where uh, which happened today itself. Uh, so after I was done uh, talking over Clubhouse in your room, uh, as I was going to the office, I was like, I should, uh, I think I should have uh, Tanaya with me as well on the show, and uh, I was I, I felt a little bad. I was like, I think I should uh, like I, I talked to Tanaya. I was like, I think I should talk to Dwight, maybe. Uh, we can have you on the show as well. And she said, no, uh, I'm very happy for you. Please go ahead. And I was like, okay. But then I was like, oh, why am I even thinking about this? Like I, I manifest all the time. Why shouldn't I manifest it? So I just closed my eyes and I, I, I saw her. I, I felt, I heard her actually, but I felt it true that she's laughing. And uh, we were discussing the show and we had a lot of fun on the show. And uh, I think... I just sh- uh, saw the message from Tanea, and after that, I saw the message from you that uh, she's also on the show. So I was uh, delighted to see that. Yeah, so I wanted her, like, right then when we got off, when you left out, I was like, man, I should have asked him about his friend that he works with. And so then I was like, because, you know, it's just kind of different, like, dealing with rejection. But I was like, man, I should have just asked him to ask her to see if she might want to. Because, you know, I want to put out the best product as possible. So I actually wanted it right then, too. So that that's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just one more thing I want to add. So Tanev was saying that if you are, if you have not, uh, you, you can attract and manifest something like a lottery. But then if you have not really moved within yourself, and if you have not, then it will be taken from you, right? So I think something similar happened with uh, Cynthia Stafford. I'm not sure if you guys were discussing the same thing, but uh, Cynthia Stafford actually won $120 million in California lottery, and then she lost it all. Cynthia? And she, Cynthia Stafford, yeah, she went back to being broke again. Wow. Oh, yeah, so yeah, the promise, the promise, yeah. If you yeah, if you maintain that state of lack and scarcity, it will be taken away from you. That's the promise. Yeah, absolutely. And wow. that's the reason that <laughs> that's the reason that I talk about <laughs> law of attraction and the law of assumption. Law of assumption tells you the things that you're normally doing in your life, you're manifesting all the time, and it just reflects it back at you that hey, you have been doing this all your life. See, and as compared to that, law of attraction generally focuses on the things outside like manifesting things or, or the universe out there or everything out there, whereas law of assumption is more about inside of us. I'm not saying either one of them is good or bad. Reason being, uh, somehow, even my journey started from law of attraction. I saw the secret back in 2006. But even before that, I was manifesting as a kid. 
I used to take, uh, I used to participate in so many different competitions and contests and win all the time. So I I knew how to do that, but I didn't have any words for that. I didn't know, I didn't know like what I'm truly doing. I just knew that uh, I used to manifest money actually pretty often because I wanted twice. So for twice I would manifest money all the time, mm-hmm. and not just for me. Like my dad, uh, for my from my dad said like money didn't come to me, but money came to dad. So wow. if I wanted to try, I would I I would be like. Uh, I don't want dad to spend. So I would naturally think like, hey, so more money is coming to dad. So, and, and then the money came and not just that, um, somehow it came to dad's mind that he, today from going back, while going back to, uh, ho- going back home from work, he should uh, get this particular toy for, for me. And I got that toy. And this happened like so many times that even he, he knew like what I'm doing, all this, uh, all these things that I'm doing. But, there was no finger, uh, like there, I couldn't point it out like what I'm doing until I came across uh, Law of Attraction. So definitely both of these things are great. The only thing is that one should always make it about themselves instead of anything else. Like just as Neville said, like sell uh, the pearl of great price, right? You sell all the concept that you hold, everything that you hold dearly, even if you don't know that you hold it, just Sell all the concepts that you that you have, and just move to your desire. Buy your buy buy the pearl of great price. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Move into the state completely. Just leave that old state. State is just a state of mind, and mind is something that I cannot point a finger on because it's not the same as brain. But yes, we all are one and the same mind, one and the same consciousness, and uh, we are experiencing all of the all of this thing together. Do you have any tricks for, um, um, like, switching? uh, Can you teach the people how to move their awareness from poverty to abundance? Absolutely. Uh, What what we tend sure, sure. What we tend to usually do is we look at other people and think of their life as our life. Instead of that, if we think of our life and how it would be better if we had another million dollars or another $2 million or another $10,000 every month, right? How, how would that impact our life? And when I ask this question, how does it impact our life? I do not mean that everybody is going to go out there and buy a yacht if they have like $500 million. Everybody has different desires. Everybody would do it differently. We just look at it. When we don't have it, we look at it differently. But when we have it, we are a completely different person. Right. In the same way, when we are looking at other people buying stuff and fulfilling their desires, it might not be our desires, but we might be compelled to think that they are our desires. And usually those desires don't come true. Reason being, it's not our desire. It's not it's not that it doesn't have that uh, burning desire effect in it. It doesn't have that craving in it that I just want this. When when you are like sick and tired of being sick and tired, kind of ready for everything, you, you just flip that switch. And uh, one of the things that I do is like if I'm if I want to manifest anything and if something pops up that says that this might not be possible because of this reason or this might not be possible because of this reason, uh, like we used to have in older TVs and I think newer TVs also had that. You have this picture and picture where you play uh, one TV channel on a, on a smaller screen and then there's a bigger screen behind it. I I feel like I'm I do that with the with those thoughts. I just make them into a smaller picture. And then I just don't look at it. Instead, I keep looking at the bigger picture, which I which I love, which I want, which I 
crave for, which I have burning desire for, and then I move into it. And if anything else again pops up, I again do the same thing. Right. And yeah, and we can use any of our senses. I think pretty much everybody hears song which they think about, even if they even if it's not playing outside in the physical world. They can smell things, as as Taneya said. You can uh, even if I even if I say rose, you might see a rose, you might smell a rose, you might feel a rose, right? We have as as many senses as we have in the physical world. Believe me, we can utilize the same senses in the spiritual world, because our imagination is the spiritual sensation, and we move about and around in this with using our spiritual senses which we employ most of the time when we are asleep and dreaming. And usually what I tend to do to move uh, from one state to another is I just come back to the silence. As Neville says, you go back into silence. You go back into the I am. You, you remove that definition that comes after I am and you go back into I am. When I say you go back into I am, personally, I feel like if you simply close your eyes, and say I am, or just or just translate it into your own language because sometimes it's easier to feel. Sometimes it's easier to feel the same thing in your own language. So if you change it into your own language, that's cool. Say I. Uh, if you just close your eyes and feel I am, there is there is no one place where you can point where this I am is, but you will feel your own presence. Beyond all the thoughts and all the doubts and all the things that are running, you will feel your own presence. And this I am, this presence, is the silence where you go every night before you dream. And in this silence, from this silence, you can move to any state more easily. Another thing that I can uh, recommend is when you wake up in the morning, uh, before you get out of the bed, within like, after, within five or ten minutes of waking up, simply plan your day. When I say plan your day, don't, don't, uh, Decide on the to-do things. Just see yourself having achieved all the things that you want from that day. All the things. Everything. And it could be one scene. I, I, I don't even recommend scene, actually, because not everybody is visual as, as much. So you don't have to go and ex take an extra step and just make your, try to make yourself visual. No, you don't have to do that. You just feel it real. The, the way I did. So I must have done something good that my boss praised me, right? So living in the end was being praised by the boss. It was not doing something. So I just moved into that state. And then I left it. I dropped it. When I dropped it, I knew it's going to happen because I, I have done this so many times. I just know it's going to happen again. So when, when we start doing it, and once we start building up enough faith, like Tanaya said, you can start from something small, like $10, $5, a penny, or a free coffee, or anything at all. You can start there. And when you, when, you, when you move in your life, it will be different. Like, how would you personally fill up gas if you, were a, if you, if you had a million dollars? How would you go to a restaurant, to a fancy restaurant and eat if you had a million dollars? I'm trying to make it about you. I'm trying to make it about your life because you won't be experiencing anybody else's life or their desires. You'll only experience your desire. And if your desire is having that money and being able to spend it lavishly, then spend it lavishly in your imagination. And whatever you, whatever void is left, it will be filled by the 
it will be imprinted on the subconscious it will be filled up in around your world in your world it will show up in your world every rich person in this world has become rich this same way there's no other way to it because we are manifesting our lives we are manifesting our our success and our failures so if you say you are successful you are right and if you say you are a failure you are right you're right either way they are both different states and you can experience either one and if you if you start affirming a state to yourself it becomes fixed it becomes a fixed idea and a fixed idea always has to express itself all it always expresses itself so instead of saying things that do not comply with your desire talk to yourself about the things and how the things are if if it, if it were true if it was real and it's it's one of the easiest way to move and if you plan your day in the morning like this i i personally guarantee you i have tried this many times your day will go according to that only um but during any time any time during the day you can just uh, find a comfortable place like a chair or you can lie down close your eyes and you can tell yourself that you are sleepy sleepy very sleepy and once that feeling of uh, sleepiness or drowsiness takes over you and you don't feel like moving once once you start doing this it won't take a very long time before you reach that state once you are in that state the rational mind is not going to interfere a lot and the subconscious mind is going to get imprinted very easily and from there you can move more easily even if you affirm at this level it's going to be much more effective and uh, that idea would become fixed more easily in your subconscious and then it expresses itself it always has to express itself whatever is imprinted on the subconscious always and always expresses itself that's why there's another big tool that nebel recommended which i recommend as well because it changed my life right before you go to sleep uh when you're lying down on the bed about to doze off uh, with closed eyes you just play your whole day in reverse order from the moment you went to bed all the way in the morning when you went uh, got up from the bed just play it in reverse order if you do not remember any portions of it that is fine just don't get stuck there just keep moving keep moving keep moving once you have reached one once you undone the whole day you can undo a good day as well to make it better and you can may uh, undo a better day as well to make it even better doing this will actually you will see huge changes in your life and what we are trying to do here is we are trying to change the things that are going to get imprinted on our subconscious mind because every time we go to sleep we are taking all the ideas that we capture during the day especially the fixed ones and then we are going to pour it on our subconscious mind and when subconscious mind takes it as i said before it has to shape it into the uh, in this outer world that we live in so just revi- rewind your day and once you have reached the beginning of the day play it in accordance to in accordance to uh, sorry in accordance to your desire how would you have spent this day how would you have enjoyed this day how would it be different and your desires be fulfilled in this day and once you once you take all of these things into your subconscious as i said before it has to manifest all of those things and when you wake up next day you will wake up in that state where your desire is fulfilled because you entered that state before you went to sleep and you carried that state into the sleep it got imprinted on your subconscious and it's going to express itself into this outer world whatever gets impressed gets gets expressed so don't carry any bad experiences from the day and imprint it on your subconscious you don't want to do that you want to 
put better things there, right? So just revise your whole day. It's it's very simple. Initially, it might take it might feel like it's taking time. It might feel like it uh, it might not work or might work, but just try it. It definitely works, and you can revise not only your day but any past event that gives you trauma or that makes you feel in a certain way that you don't like. If if any event or person makes you feel in a certain way, you can revise that event. Now you cannot go back in time and be able to experience the same thing again. And and uh, I cannot tell you that your past has changed, but I'll definitely tell you your present and your future will change because your assumption has changed. The impression has changed. So it has it has to express itself outside. It will express itself differently now. Your world will be different. So you don't have to carry anything from the past. Any experience that you had, you can get rid of that. Simply go into the silence, go into your IMS, go deep within yourself and bring about this change. And I, I can tell you this based on my own life, that it works. And again, anybody can do it. And it's very, very, very easy. Very easy. And if it is not easy, you're doing it wrong. If it is easy, you're doing it right. If you're just manifesting things out of the blue, you're doing it right. And if you're not noticing that you're manifesting your, your whole life, then start doing that. Nicely stated.